Hello, welcome to Enlightened Empaths with Samantha and Denise. We're very happy to have you join us here this week as our topic is couples and manifesting. We are going to be discussing how you can manifest a goal for yourself this year, even when your partner is not on board with you and your goal. So we're going to be talking about some tips, strategies, and techniques you can start to use and think about when you're trying to manifest a goal and your partner's like, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know if I want that new house. I don't know if I want you to get a new job. I don't know if I want to manifest more money. Uh, what would that mean for us, for our status in life? So we don't have um, surefire answers like, you know, say this sentence and everything will manifest for you perfectly. But we do have some things for all of us to think about when we're trying to manifest against people who are just not really in line or in sync with us. Am I saying that right, Denise? That sounds perfect, yes. Okay. It's hard to explain because I'm not trying to say that people's partners are negative. I just mean sometimes you want to create a goal and your partner either doesn't believe in manifesting or maybe doesn't want that goal to be manifested for you or for the the couple as a whole because it will mean change. And as you know, so many of us are afraid of change. So before we dive into the nitty-gritty of manifesting in couples, I wanted to start more generally and talk about um, family ideas that we are born with and raised with that we then bring into our current relationships. And I think whenever we're trying to manifest something for ourselves or within our partnership, we have to be very cognizant of the family of origin um, training that we are bringing into that relationship. So say, for example, you want to manifest a new job, and that might mean risk. It might mean leaving your current job and being unemployed for a month or so while you're looking for this new job. If your partner growing up experienced a setback financially, let's say their parents had to declare bankruptcy or their parents had a scary tax audit or they had a a business that failed, your partner might be coming to this relationship with those negative money issues in their energy. And when you come to your partner and say, hey, I really want to take this leap of faith and I need you to back me up. I need you to be my cheerleader and help me create this new career. Your partner knowingly or unknowingly might self-sabotage that goal because they're afraid of what that means because of their childhood conditioning. So what Denise and I want to talk about is how you can manifest something for yourself even when others are not really there with you. So it's important to think about what issues uh, from your childhood are you bringing to this goal and what issues is your partner bringing to this goal from their childhood. And at the very least, what setting these goals with a partner can do is open up some doors of communication that need to happen. Let's say, for example, you want to manifest a pregnancy this year and you start to talk to your partner about that and your partner says, yeah, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I don't even know if I want kids. Wow, that's a really big conversation that you need to have, right? Exactly. I think another so, really important piece is when people are, um, you may be older or you've been in a previous relationship, that you're you're bringing that with you as well. So it might not just be family of origin stuff. It might be from a previous marriage, a previous relationship, or where something had happened in that that is a trigger for either one or both partners. Yes, 
I think that's really important. We all are bringing baggage to our relationships, and really what we need to do is just find somebody who's willing and ready and able to help us unpack that baggage or carry it better. But that's not always easy. One of the things I always tell um, clients or students when I'm teaching people about manifesting is to be very private and personal about it, especially in the beginning. Denise, I don't know if you experienced this when you were learning about manifesting and how, to me, it just felt magical. When I created my Mm -hmm. first goal book and I manifested every goal in that book within the first year, I felt magical. I felt like I could do anything. And you couldn't shut me up about it. You know, like I would tell anybody (laughs) who would listen, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. All you have to do is, you know, cut out pictures of what you want and visualize it and it's going to happen for you. And, you know, my partner at the time was like, you know, that's silly. Like that, that doesn't even make sense. That doesn't, that's not how it works. And I would feel a little diminished every time I heard that. And so one of the first pieces of advice I always give to people is you don't have to broadcast your goals even to your partner. You can keep it to yourself. And I think that's a really important piece to hear. I agree because that's the number one thing that can, well, from what I've read, from what I've researched, from what I've experienced is someone else's negativity, whether it's someone in your family of origin, the partner you're with now, your dear friends who you love, but they keep planting that seed of negativity of why you wouldn't, well, that will never work or I can't believe you really believe that's going to happen or, you know, so-and-so, they couldn't even pull it off. So I think that protecting yourself or because if you align with that negativity, that's where you're going to start vibrating and that's what you're going to bring in. It also doesn't give the person that you're with the opportunity to step away from being so negative and in such a fear-based place. Exactly. And sometimes I think um, people in our lives do this without meaning to. I, I remember when I, um, I wrote a manuscript, I was very excited about it. I sent it out to agents, and I got an agent. And it was the first time I didn't tell anybody. My husband knew about it, and my best friend knew about it. But I didn't tell my sisters, my other friends, my coworkers, my fellow writers in my writing group, um, with my other manuscripts that I had written and not gotten agent representation on. I had told everybody. But this time I thought, I'm going to keep it to myself Um, and not really share this. I wanted to, you know, if you think about manifesting a goal, it's, it's like a very fragile seed. It's just been planted. And the most gentle wind can make that seed not take root and grow. So I wanted to to treat my uh, manuscript and this agent who assigned me very, very private. But I did tell my best friend and she's always been a great support for me and a wonderful cheerleader. And I know she wanted that, book to materialize and manifest but she when I got the agent she bought me um, a pig with wings Mm -hmm. and said this is your good luck symbol and Denise I don't know what it was I looked at that pig with wings and I thought this is my bad luck symbol because to me I looked at that and I thought yeah you're going to get that never going to happen pigs fly yeah right (laughs) that's where I went to did you? Okay, good. Yes. Like, that is like such a strange gift to give someone as a good luck symbol. I, I, I don't know. It really bothered me. And soon after, my agent and I hit a wall and, and it didn't materialize. I am not blaming my friend, nor am I blaming that ceramic pig. But what I am saying is 
sometimes those little subconscious uh, thoughts can take over and they can be stronger than that seed of hope that we have planted. Because we're always told, like, love is the most powerful energy in the world, and I 100% agree with that. But I think fear and doubt are really, really strong too. And sometimes they're stronger than the positive energies without us even intending it. Right. I agree with that entirely. Um, And I I think, too, that, like, I want to go back to the pig for a minute. The, The energy behind that feels like it was so happy for you, optimistic, and I, the point being, you, you nailed it. Your friend wanted to give you the support. I'm here. I've got your back. I'm so excited for you. And we always put our own tent on things. We, we always put our own spin. So I think that that's a really important piece of this as well in that it, I don't want to, I hope this comes out right. Sometimes if you're trying to manifest things, you have to be a little bit selfish. And, and selfish gets a lot of bad press. And I don't mean it in the negative mind, 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 greedy way. I mean it more in exactly what you said a minute ago, keeping it to yourself, holding it sacred, saying this is mine and when I'm ready to, to, to give birth to this in the world, then I'll share it with people. Because it, if you're, it's sacred. Um, it, and if you want to make the analogy with birth a little bit, even a lot of folks wait until they get through their first trimester when they're pregnant in case something happens to the baby or in case there's a, a you know, if they've had a history of, of issues with, with not having a, a pregnancy go to fruition. Um, does that make sense? It does. It really does. And so I think that's the first thing I would invite people to think about is if you have a goal and you're, you don't think your partner's going to be on board that you just keep it to yourself a little bit. Um, The other tip I would like to talk about is to look at what does this polarity mean between what you're trying to manifest and what your partner is trying to manifest? What could this difference be teaching you right now? So say, for example, um, you want to manifest more money for yourself that year. And your partner just doesn't believe that you can manifest more money just by thinking positively or by creating a goal book or a vision board. And your partner is coming at you with all of these yeah buts. Yeah, but if you manifest more money, that means you have to work harder. Yeah, but if you manifest more money, that might mean a new job, which means we might have to move and I don't want to move. Yeah, but if you manifest more money, it might mean that you're going to be away from home more and we really can't handle that as a family. Or that will change our tax bracket or there'll be more taxes or it's always a negative spin on it. Yes. Yes. And so that can be really instructive to you as you're trying to manifest because it can let you know where your partner stands and where that, that fear is. Because the fear isn't more money. The fear is what will change if more money is manifested. And so rather than trying to manipulate or that's not a right word that's a negative word but rather than trying to talk your partner into uh, getting on board with you with this goal tackle it more from the fear aspect and start to communicate about that even if we manifest this money nothing between us will change because I'm going to do a b and c and you're going to do a b and c and I think sometimes you made a really go ahead um, um, no, I was just going to say you made a really good point when we chatted before about b- 
before you married your, your partner, you had to go through counseling with the church and there was a, a questionnaire and there were some very poignant things you had to see where you aligned, where you were in agreement. And I think that the other piece to this, when you, when you were just talking about the change, I, it ch- things changing, I thought of that, but I also thought as relationships or friendships or partnerships evolve, people do change or they have a different perspective and they may have started out oh, I really do want to have, um, you know, two children and a big dog and live in the country. And they may have shifted that to, well, I really would rather live in the suburbs now and I'm not sure about the kids and I really have to focus on my career right now. So, so the communication piece is everything. It really and, is. And, yeah, but, and, I was just going to say, and not necessarily to the point where it, it has to be about the compromise or if, if it's such something that is so dear to you, but the timing is off, that's another aspect that has to be considered. Yes, and I do think when you're trying to co-create with a partner, um, that compromise piece is really important. And I think both sides need to be heard and need to be validated in what they are saying. And so if a partner is saying, look, if this manifesting more money means we have to move, I'm not on board. I think it's important to hear that and say, okay, I will only look for jobs within a one-hour driving range. Right. And, and try and to that's meet them a where really they are. big deal. Really, really big deal. Because I think that, and, and I'm, you and I, we both talk with a lot of people. We do a lot of readings with people. Everyone that's listening to this right now, and I'm not, I, we all know of people or have had contact with folks who may not, um, I'm carefully choosing words here, who really may not be as honest and true in their interactions because they want it to go their way. Or they may have hid something so long from a partner that they're afraid what will happen if they ever found out. Um, and and that's, that's going to be a huge block to trying to manifest something. If you've Um, It may be about the finances not being where you both think they are because one person has had more control in a situation or, um, you know, family relationships aren't. I think that that's really delicate. Yes, again, it's about the communication, but there are people who who are not as, (laughs) they're not going to come at it from the empath point of view. Yes, exactly. Tell me what you think about this. I have a good friend, and her husband came home one day and said, I really hate my job. I'm not happy. I, I can't stay one more day. I have this idea for my own business, and I really want to do this. So we were, she was talking to me about it, and she said, um, I don't know what to do because I know if he does this business, it's going to fail. And she wow. said, but I also know that if I tell him, no, you can't do it, I'm not on board, and he doesn't do it, he will always blame me. And that resentment will grow and grow and grow and will be, you know, water under Miserable. a bridge that might, yeah, that we might not be able to bridge. And so ultimately she decided to let him do this business knowing he, I mean, we all, he just didn't have the personality for this business, I'll put it at that. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody, everybody knew it wasn't going to work out. It just wasn't his personality. It's not that she self-sabotaged it with her negative thinking. It just was not in alignment with his personality at all. And so she gave him her, her blessing 
and he did this business and within two years it failed. But he has now created a new business opportunity for him that is much more in alignment with who he is and is back to being successful. But I give her a lot of credit for having the foresight to see what a block that would be if she had said no. That's incredible. And and also because she was so spot on with that was a wedge that would never be able to be removed. And, right. And and also to take that away from someone to say, uh, and and I'm kind of I, it must not have been that he was the primary wage earner. Maybe it was a dual income home because I think that's another piece that we get into that whole you know minefield or, or eggshells of if you're the the primary person um, taking care of all the responsibilities, the money, and you're miserable, and your partner maybe or your family is dependent on you staying in that role and they want to support you and they want to encourage you but they also know we don't have another source of income if you choose to leave that right no he was the primary uh income wow and god love her then um, i'm telling you what she went from like buying huggies wipes to learning how to make her own baby wipes because they had little little kids at the time he took loans out off the house and off his 401k, and she just let him do it because she knew it would be an obstacle in their marriage if she didn't. She knew he had to try and fail at the stream. And they are stronger now because of it. But I look at that and I think, I don't know if I could have done that. And I, and I don't know if I could have done what she had done and never once uttered the words, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> But it's also, talk about having, what a beautiful, beautiful gift to have that, that even if, if, if he wasn't aware of it at the time, that it wasn't blind faith, that she was just saying, you know what, I've got your back, let's do this, we'll do whatever we can. That's mm-hmm. an incredible, incredible gift to give someone. I think so. I think so, too. I definitely admire her for that. But you're not always going to have partners like that who are going to support you in your decisions, and that can be really, really difficult. And that's why I think that compromise piece you were talking about is very important. The communication is really important, too, and looking at the fears that people are bringing to it. And I think getting down, digging down deeper and deeper and deeper through those layers of the onion to what, where is the root of resistance that your partner is bringing to you? Um, I've had several clients, for example, who have come to me for life coaching for weight loss. And, you know, in my opinion, weight loss is very rarely about losing weight. It usually has a lot of emotional components to it. And very often when someone loses a lot of weight, it affects the couple. Mm -hmm. And sometimes not in really good ways because it goes back to that control piece of, well, I liked it better when I kind of had this to hold over your head or when I was in control of, you know, how you felt about yourself. And now that you feel empowered, um, you know, what does that do to the, the dynamic of our relationship? So I think if you are working on a goal that is just for you and is, doesn't look like it's going to affect the partnership, like losing weight, how, how could that be bad, right? It's healthy. You feel good about yourself. And yet... I think we've seen time and time again where it can have a negative impact. It's it's taking down those layers of that onion and seeing, okay, what is the resistance piece that my partner is bringing to this? 
And once you can identify where that resistance is coming from, is it from fear, is it from anger, is it from shame, guilt, where is that resistance, then you can identify it, label it, and then you will know how to combat it with open communication, but also with love, because love will always trump fear. It's just sometimes we don't love ourselves enough or love our goal enough to trump the fear. Okay. I have to add one more little negative Nancy thing in just for a second. Okay. I have to put this out there that if you're the empath with the narcissist in your relationship, your friendship, whatever it might be, and you're the one constantly supporting someone else's dreams or constantly, sure, I'll move so you can do this or I'll fund this or I'll, you know, take out this money out of this account so that you can, you can go after your dream, but you never put, your own dream into the mix. It's always fostering someone else's um, desire to move forward or what they want to manifest. That's a huge red flag. And I think as empaths, and if you're truly with someone who is, because it goes back to the, the puppet strings and the control aspect, that you may all of a sudden, it might take a long time to realize that pattern. So um, I think if you're in that situation now or you've been in that situation, it doesn't mean it always has to play out that way. So once you've done your work and you've stepped away from it, because I think it, it, there's a learning curve after you've done that to learn how to manifest things for yourself when you've always been the cheerleader for someone else. Yes. Well, and the other negative Nancy piece to that is if you are the empath in the relationship always being the cheerleader, don't let that define you. Because oftentimes what we can do is we can use that to hinder ourselves in creating our goals. What I mean by that is, let's say you've taken on the role of caretaker in the family. Well, that can be a safe place to be. I can't go after that scary goal that I know will make me happy because I've got to take care of these kids. I've got to take care of my mom. I've got to take care of my grandfather. So I can't go after my goals. And then you go into martyrdom syndrome, which is never good, um, but you use that as a way. I cannot tell you how many um, people I have watched who have raised their kids. Let's say their youngest is entering middle school or high school, and they know, okay, my kids are kind of raised. Now I've got to go back to work. And what happens? Oh, I'm pregnant. Haven't you mm-hmm. seen that? Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, because they're resisting going out and attacking their goals because of fear. So I think you have to look at it from both sides too. Right. And and to be, and I, I get it because if, if you've been in a, a tumultuous or a fearful or a, an unstable place in any way, financially, emotionally, spiritually, whatever that might, what, whatever aspect of your life that has, you've been in that spot, there is some comfort in staying in a place where you just say, no, I can't do that right now because, and one of mine, huge, I own this, is, um, you know, I get paid every two weeks and my kids have medical and I stayed in a job for a very long time and that was important and it was responsible, but it also kept me from stepping up to the plate because I knew that I had to do that and that's that other thing, but it, It all works out as it's meant to, but don't hold yourself back so long that you never allow yourself to even approach the plate. Exactly. You know, my mother-in-law used to have an expression. She'd say, don't trade the devil you know for the the devil you don't know. 
And anytime I would be sitting around the dinner table and I would talk about something I was going to try, like I remember when I talked about leaving this uh, my safe teaching job to go into this world of doing readings, just having that conversation was scary enough, but that's another show. Uh, but I remember she <laughs> said, you know, don't trade the devil you know for the devil you don't know. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that fear kept her in some positions as well that um, – you know, I thought there's a lot of, I mean, there's truth to all of that. Like you did need a paycheck every two weeks and you did need right. medical, you know? Yes. And, and so I, I, I'm, there's no judgment on, on my lovely mother-in-law or on you or on me. I, I just think it's important to look at it from all sides and, and see where is the resistance. But one thing I do want to bring up, so many people in this metaphysical, spiritual world that you and I live in and work in, so many people are so positive and which is great and they're like you can manifest anything you want and i just want to say i don't believe that's true right i don't i don't think you can manifest anything you want the universe is not some big wishing well we have to manifest things that are for our highest good but it has to be at the right time the right place and if we have people around us who are afraid of us changing i do believe that that energy can block us and hold us back Oh, oh, incredibly. And and it, it can be so subtle just to plant that seed that you doubt yourself or maybe this isn't the time or, oh, no, no. It, or if someone ridicules or makes fun or makes a joke or, and I, I, another thing I think is really wonderful about this conversation is a lot of people that may be listening to this are somewhere on the spectrum of where we've both been. They're either really entrenched in the place we both were several years ago, they're where we are now, they're ahead of where we are right now, but it, it, it's a continuum. And, and we're always, there's an ebb and flow to this. But I agree with you entirely because you may, and this comes up a lot with people being so specific about um, either, a, a, oh, I'm going to manifest that specific person to be my life partner or I'm going to get, you know, they're so, the the blinders are so huge that it doesn't allow the universe to bring in something that might be more beneficial or a better, uh, a better avenue for you to to work on your soul lessons and, and your life lessons and your contracts. Well said, very, very well said. And so I think when you get excited about manifesting things and your partner is not into this whole manifesting thing, I think it's best to keep a secret and also not try to convince them. It's important to remember that opinions don't change people. The only thing that changes people are facts and experiences. So if you've just read a Wayne Dyer book, or you've just watched The Secret and you want to tell your partner, oh my gosh, we're going to manifest all of this stuff and your partner's a little bit cynical and you're trying to show him or her, you know, the secret documentary and this goal book you did and experiences and stories you've read of other people who have manifested stuff. I don't think that's going to bring them on board. And so I don't think it's going to help you to get all excited and, and vocalize all of this with them. I really believe it's only facts and experiences. So create your goal book, keep it to yourself, and in tandem with doing that, open up the dialogue with your partner about some of the things that you are trying to manifest and identify the points of resistance. 
don't look at those points of resistance as limitations or sabotages. Look at them as challenges, as hurdles that you can overcome. It's really all about whose energy is stronger. Is your energy of hope and positivity stronger than their energy of cynicism and fear of change and not believing in this whole manifesting thing? And whoever has the stronger energy will win. Not that it's a competition, but it's just an easy way to put it. Right. And I think the the clarity of what you really want and all the research now and a lot of um, Joe Dispenza has written books on this. There's a lot about, you know, the secret is great. Manifesting is great. But the real key to that is uh, instilling how you're going to feel when you have that. And for a lot of people that know me, and I'm very open about this, one of my major goals for the last couple of years has been I wanted to pay off old debt so that I would have more options in my life financially. And for those of you who have raised children alone or, or have not had a whole lot of financial support, you know that that can be a significant stumbling block or you've had a business fail, you've had whatever it might be. And you, and again, it did take tunnel vision, and it, but the whole time instilling that feeling of imagine what it will be like to be able to silly things, go into the store and not have to look at the price of every single thing that I put in the cart because I know that I have enough money in my wallet to be able to just buy that or, you know, to be able to get through the holidays without having to put it on a credit card or whatever your goal is, feel it too. Feel what, how you're emotionally going to react to that because the more and more I, I work on manifesting, the more I talk with people about this and the more I read and research, that seems like the, the most integral part to, to um, creating, co-creating and manifesting. Feeling it. I agree. Well, do you know that most studies show that the number one reason couples fight is not, um, you know, different families, different religious beliefs or uh, traumatic, tragic events, but it's money. Yes. That's the number one reason. And so, you know, you and I were talking before we recorded the show about our beliefs about money with couples. And we were saying how... um, like you, you believe in a couple having his account, her account, and then their account. Right. And that's because of previous experience where I didn't. I was very naive. I was, and I thought we'll have a joint account. No one would ever not be honest about that. This is a partnership. Um, and I learned, it took me a while to figure, to figure it out. I'm a slow learner sometimes. And eventually I got to the thing that it's really important for me personally and for some people to, I think having that autonomy, having your own account and then having a shared account for shared expenses can save a lot of anguish and a lot of um, trouble later on. But I'm not saying about the, I think that depends on your personal circumstances. Right. I do too. I think it's hard to say like, this is what you should do. But I have come right. to see that as well, that it's important um, for both people in a partnership to have their own money. One of the things that um, my former husband and I did, we, we set a cap. So we said, um, if if one of us wanted to purchase anything that was more than $250, we had to talk about it with the other person. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and that felt really comfortable. So if I was in a store and I wanted to, you know, splurge on something for $100, I knew I could and it wasn't a big deal. But if I was going to splurge on something bigger than that, 
that would be a, a dis, you know, a discussion that we would have together. That helped a lot. Um, I just think having those open discussions about money throughout your relationship are really, really important, um, especially before, you know, you solidify your partnership, whether it's through living together or, th- or through marriage. A lot of people with money, with um, anything major that we have to do in life, we prefer not to talk about it because we're afraid of what mm-hmm. the partner will say, and then that leads to so many more problems. So I think having that open communication throughout is really important. Um, I also wanted to talk about how many of us have issues with manifesting, whether it's a new career or money or a child or uh, vacation, anything, because of um, past life stuff. And I don't want to go down a whole past life road because some of you listening to this might not believe in that. It might not fit in with your modality, and that's fine. I'm not saying everyone has to believe what I believe. But there's a lot of um, metaphysical research and teachers who talk about how we have brought vows that we made in past lives into our current life. And so let's say in a past life you were a priest or a nun and you made a vow of poverty. You might come into this life and still have that vow within you. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes perfect sense. Well, good, because I think that when you are trying to propose goals and ideas that you're trying to manifest for your partner, it's really good to break them down into small bite-sized pieces that your partner can easily digest. So rather than saying, hey, I'm going to start this whole new career and it's going to bring so much wonderful, powerful change to us, maybe start by saying, you know, I think I can do more where I am in my career path right now. And I'm thinking about just sprucing up my resume. What do you think about that? That, That's a a much gentler approach. And it also, the way you just worded that, it's empowering you to own what you're trying to create. It's not dependent on someone else's input. You're still honoring your partner or the person you're doing this with, but you're also not negating your own needs. Yes, or desires. Exactly. Exactly. Um, another thing I wanted to mention is I, I'm a big fan of the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Are you as well? Yes. I met them. Did you? I met his son. I didn't meet him. It Where was all three of them at the <gasps> uh, metaphysical store in town. They came to do this big thing in um, Portland last month, this fall anyway. And I wasn't able to go, and I was doing readings at the store in Freeport, and I looked up, and the three of them were walking in the door. And they were the kindest, most genuine people, and they walked in, and they hugged the lady at the store. They hugged me. They were just so incredibly kind. They really are who they portray themselves to be, incredibly kind, wonderful human beings. Talk about a light. I know. I love hearing that about people you look up to. That's so nice. His son came to my town and did like a two-hour talk. It was just wonderful, and I couldn't agree more with what you said. Well, for those of you who aren't familiar with The Four Agreements, we highly recommend the book. It's really, really good. It's a very quick read. Um, But I think that you can use The Four Agreements in tandem with your thought process on manifesting with a partner. So, for example... The first agreement that you're asked to make with yourself is that you become impeccable with your word, that you always speak with integrity and you only say what you mean. 
So that means switching from you need to, you should, to I feel, I want, I need. Um, and that you are always speaking your truth with your partner. So it goes back to that communication piece we were talking about earlier. The other agreement that I think is really important is don't take anything personally. And one thing that Mr. Ruiz says about that is that nothing others do or think or feel or say is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality. When you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. So I'm not suggesting that you're going to suffer if you try to co-create with a partner who's not on board with you. <laughs> what I am saying is that if you if you get really, really, really excited about a goal and your partner's like, eh, I don't know about that, sometimes you can feel like a deflated balloon. But if you focus on this second agreement and you don't take it personally and you just try to think about where is that haphazard attitude coming from with them. It doesn't have anything to do with me. That's their issue. That's their feeling. That's their emotion. And it is not going to influence or affect my goal or my energy to manifest this goal at all. I think it's really hard to do, but I think if we have that as a reminder, it can be really important. And, and I think we have to add in that disclaimer, as empaths, as sensitive people, as intuitives, Sometimes it's really hard to differentiate what's ours and what's someone else's. So if it, that I, and that's out of the four agreements, that's the one that I always have to put a little star next to is because sometimes I'll own a lot of stuff that isn't mine to own. And I know a lot of the people that I do readings with, what I can see clarity on with either a relationship or when they're trying to bring something into the life, exactly what we're talking about with this topic they may not be able to because they're owning so much of it that isn't theirs to own. Yeah, and that can be um, really a sabot- like a self-sabotaging mood move that we take on our own journey to create our goal book into reality. Right. So when you choose to not take others personally, like whatever other people are saying to you personally, it shifts everything in your life. But with manifesting with a partner it can really shift it into a positive way where you protect that little seedling of the idea of the goal you have within your own heart. The third agreement is don't make assumptions. Find the courage to ask questions and to express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings, sadness, and drama. With just this one agreement, you can completely transform your life. And again, when you're talking to a partner, I think it's almost um, automatic that we make assumptions because when you live with someone, you you know them so intrinsically, Mm -hmm. so well that you can sometimes make assumptions that are correct. But a lot of the times the assumptions we make are incorrect and that can influence our ability to create our goals. So if you're trying to, let's say that you want to manifest uh, selling your home and your partner doesn't really want to sell the home. They don't want change. They don't want to keep the house clean every day for the realtor. And you come home from work, and the realtor has called and said, hey, we're on our way to show the house in 20 minutes. And you've texted your partner, hey, make sure the house is clean before you go. And you come home, and the house is a mess. You know, your automatic response is going to be anger probably, right? Like, gosh, you're not partnering with me on this goal. I asked you to keep the house clean. You left it a mess. And you might call them with You might not even say a word, but the energy of that anger is going to be in your voice. And then a fight could ensue. But 
if you try not to make any assumptions and you just call them and say, hey, the, you know, I got home, the realtors were coming here in like 10 minutes, and um, you know, the house was still kind of a mess, did, did you get my text? And then you can keep that slate clean and allow them to explain, I'm so sorry, I was going to clean the house, my boss called and said I had to be there an hour early, or a client called and needed me to meet them before I had a chance to clean the house. And so that can clear up a lot of those blockages as well. And I, I think one of the little piece in there is for people who are embracing their uh, sensitivity, their intuition, this, uh, you know, the lifestyle of, of maybe a more spiritually based practice that's different from what they've been. So they're changing, they're moving in a new direction. It may be hard for your partner or maybe your partner is doing this to realize this isn't the same person. I don't know. And make an assumption based on what someone's, who someone was previously. Not that you're intrinsically different, but your your patterns might be different or your priorities might be different. And, and that could could tie in with this as well. Definitely. You know, I remember when I started getting into crystals and I started going to crystal shows and crystal stores and I started buying crystals and buying crystal books. And, you know, and Mike would say to me, what are you doing? Like, you're spending all this money on rocks? What is this? And rather than, <laughs> rather than you know, defending myself or trying to explain how amazing crystals are and how I deserve to spend money on them, I didn't do any of that. I just said, you know, you have your golf world and that's your passion and you spend money on golf clubs and going to, um, what are they called? I was about to say golf parks. Oh, my gosh. Golf <laughs> courses? Golf courses. <laughs> <laughs> right out of my head, and I said, you know, and, and that's your, your, that's your own thing that makes you happy, and I have found this new thing that makes me happy, and just let me have it, and there was mm-hmm. never another argument about it, and I think because, you know, I didn't just say, I didn't assume that he was. Uh, trying to take that away from me or trying to put a stop to it. I didn't try to. And you didn't take it, it personally. Or, uh uh-uh. uh no, I just said, you know, you got your thing, this is my thing, and let's just have our own things. And it worked yep. out. And the last agreement is always do your best. This is really important to keep in mind, especially for those of you who are worriers, uh, like me. I know like I'll lay in bed at night and I'll think, Oh my gosh, I didn't get to this today or or do you ever lay in bed and you think about all the stuff you have to do and you feel really overwhelmed and then you get amped up and think, well, maybe I should just do it now, but then you have to go to bed because you have to be up in six hours? <laughs> what <laughs> I do when I, get, yes. <laughs> when I get in those modes is I think, Samantha, did you do your best today? And oh. if I can answer, yes, I did my best today, it calms me down a lot. And I think, you know what, I <clears throat> am doing my best. And I think if you're trying to manifest a goal with a partner or without and you're getting blocked and you're getting um, just that self-sabotage mode, you can always just think, I'm doing my best. And you can look at your partner in that same viewpoint. Is my partner doing his or her best to understand me and why this is important to me? And if you're in a healthy relationship, I would say 99% of the time that answer is going to be yes. Right. And, and there's also the four agreements in love, which 
is similar to this, but it may be another tool that you can use to apply as you're trying to enhance your communication and your co-creating skills with your partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, another great resource. Uh, and I, I think just, I, I mean, I'd like to talk just a little spec more about, you know, what, when you're trying to choose what you want to manifest, like some of them it's, it's an easy. You know what you want, you go after it, and it might be a big item. But you can practice with little things too. It doesn't have to always be a big, giant, over-the-top thing. And sometimes starting with something smaller and gaining momentum and realizing, like, oh, wow, I really can do this. But I think when you're picking something to manifest, you really have to ask yourself, do I really, really want this in my heart of hearts, and how will I benefit from having it? Um, because it's, if it's just to, to fill a void or because your neighbor has it or because, you know, um, everyone's supposed to do that, it, that's not along the lines of, of co-creating and manifesting. And also it goes back to that thing of when I think about having this, does it feel right? Because then you're honoring your intuition with it as well. And how will it be good for me and for others, which goes back to something we talk about in so many shows about how can I best be of service and enjoy my time on the planet? Because I do think that that ties in. Um, so when we've talked about getting rid of things that stand in the way, which I think, mm-hmm. you know, the negative beliefs and mindsets, not only ours or someone else's, or but toxic people, if there's someone that is just so negative, we've talked about uh, setting boundaries and putting up shields in, in previous episodes. Those are all skills you can use as well in in this situation too um and i think you know the the biggie that is often left out is taking the action and you know you said about taking those little steps we can click our heels together three times and blow on dandelions and do all those things but there still has to be some action on our part and i always equate that to working tandemly with with universe with spirit of this is what I'm trying to do. Can you please help me? And if you pay attention, they'll usually put that little breadcrumb right in front of you to follow to know that you're on the right track with what you're trying to bring into your life. I agree. The thing with um, manifesting and, and most things in life is that the outcome isn't instantaneous. And I do think that we live in an instantaneous world where we think, oh, if I buy this crystal it says it's going to open my third eye. How come I haven't had any, you know, psychic experiences this week? If I mm-hmm. create this goal book, how come this goal hasn't manifested this month? Usually if you take time to look at your life and your past in hindsight, you can see where when you've asked for that help, it, it did arrive. It just isn't going to arrive usually with a big neon flashing sign or right away. It's going to be very subtle. But if you are tuned in and focused and you're not focusing on your partner not being in alignment with your goals, you don't focus on the knots. You know, don't focus on the negativities. Uh, focus on what it is you want to create. And like you said, Denise, why you want to create it. Break it down into small pieces and see what action steps you can take right now to create that goal. Now, if it's something that's causing a lot of contention in the relationship, I do think it's important to ask, is this goal necessary for me right now? Because you have oh, to I ask, love that you know, question. 
Yeah, my friend has a really good um, saying that she'll always say to me, is this the hill you want to die on? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and don't you think being in a relationship, you have to ask that, you know, is this worth this fight? Is this thing that I want, is it worth the energy that I'm going to have to go through to get it? Now, sometimes that answer is yes. Right. Sometimes that answer is no. But the key is knowing which answer is resonating with your soul. And I think you'll know because you won't have to ask 15 people. Like if I'm working towards something and I'm getting blocked and I have to ask other people's opinions, that's my subtle cue that this might not be the door for me that I'm supposed to go through. But if I'm working on something and I'm receiving a lot of blockages, but I don't have to ask anybody or need anyone's opinion because I know in my heart of hearts that this is for me, I tend to calm down inside my soul and I just think, okay, all this is is divine timing and I just have to be patient. That, that, yes, I agree with that entirely. And I think sometimes divine timing is really frustrating as hell. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it definitely because, is. Because even though we know in our heart, okay, it's not the time, but but I really want this now. I want this to happen. I want to get on with my life. And if I don't get over this hurdle, how am I going to get to the end game? And I think some, you nailed it a minute ago when you were talking about we're so primed right now. Maybe it's the times we're living in that we want it. We don't have that patience that to 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 ride it out until it happens when it's meant to. And I say that constantly. Everything happens when it's meant to, but sometimes when it's applying to something I'm trying to manifest, I don't, I, I kind of forget that line. Mm-hmm. Have you had a goal that you worked really hard on manifesting and it just never came to be? Yes. And even a couple that when I look back, because you know how sometimes you look back at something and say, huh, well, maybe it didn't happen because of this. But there's one or two that, and I, there was, it's so funny you brought that up because I was writing in my journal uh, over, you know, the school break and something from the way past popped up. And I remember at the time trying so hard, it was a situation I lived far away. It was, you know, just, it doesn't matter what the situation was. It was more what happened. And I really tried, I think, when I looked at it in retrospect, I was trying so hard to control the outcome. If I do this, if I do this, if I do this, it's bound that that's going to happen. And it never did. But I think it was because I was trying to force it, not allow it. And it wasn't for my highest and best in retrospect either. Right. But yeah, I, think I think we all have some things it. we don't let go of. Oh, for sure. And I don't think it's that um, it wasn't necessarily meant to be, but it's that energy of forcing it. Right. And we see that in relation. Like I get so many relationship questions where, where like someone will, will say to me, um, you know, I, I started dating this guy. I really, really liked him. I knew he was the one. Uh, I told him he, he had strong feelings, too. I could see us married. I could see us with kids. I could even see the house we were supposed to live in. And then he stopped calling. And, mm-hmm. you know, now I'm I'm texting and texting and texting him and he's not responding. And I'm thinking, oh, no, like, I think you might have scared him, first of all. <laughs> and second of all, <laughs> if you're trying so hard to project huge long-term goals onto the present goal you're trying to manifest, that energy of forcing it, 
it's not, people don't like it. Like, have you ever had a friend try really hard, or a person try really, really hard to be friends with you? Yes. It feels, doesn't it feel weird, like, when they keep calling and texting you to do stuff, and you're like, I don't have time, and I don't, oh, it's very, very uncomfortable. But if you allow anything, whether it's a relationship or a goal, to flow with that energy of, if this works, great. If it doesn't, I'll be fine, too. That's mm-hmm. that perfect energy for manifesting. Yes. I, that that was very well put. Well, thank you. I wanted to recommend some books, too, before I forget, um, that people can look at if you're interested in reading up more on this. Um, a really good book for creating financial goals, either by yourself or with a couple, is called Creating Money, and it's by Sonia Roman and um, Dwayne Packer. There's um, Esther Hicks has written The Law of Attraction, which to me is just a really simple ABC of how to do manifesting. And then Deepak Chopra has a good book called The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, which can teach you how to manifest based on some of the universal laws that we are trying to incorporate into our flow. And the um, co-creating at its best, the conversation between master teachers with uh, Wayne Dyer and Esther Hicks is also a really, really good resource to have or check. I like anything Wayne Dyer writes. Yeah. And he also has audio CDs, which are nice. Yes. I find that when I am fully engaged in the manifesting energy, meaning I'm reading about it, I'm watching documentaries on it, I'm listening to it on Audible, um, I'm creating a goal book or a vision board, and I'm spending time in my day visualizing those goals coming true. And at the same time, I'm reminding myself that, you know, if these goals don't happen, it's fine. It's just, it's not for me. That's when I manifest. But if I just um, create a goal book and walk away and kind of forget about it, not a whole lot happens. Um, Or if I get too specific with my goals, not a lot happens. And if I'm too general with my goals, not a lot happens. Um, If I'm trying to create a goal and a partner in my life is not on board with me, I've still been able to manifest goals despite that. Um, Some goals I haven't been able to, but I always go back to what I said in the beginning of the show. It's the stronger energy that will create the outcome. So if you are with your partner and you are bringing the stronger energy of not I'm right and I'm going to show you by creating this goal, that's not the way to go. But if you're coming to this with this is a goal that is really important to me. This is a goal that I believe in. This is a goal that will feed and nurture my soul. And I believe in it and I believe in me. That will have the stronger outcome from a partner saying, I'm afraid of this change. I'm afraid of how this will change you. I'm afraid of how this will change us. I don't think this is the best goal for us. Um, I think that if you know in your heart that this is a goal you are supposed to work on, that is the energy that will win out. It it also is, um, you, it, as far as this isn't about puppet strings or trying to control the outcome, but it really, a lot of times I'll see a Venn diagram, the two intersecting circles, when I'm mm-hmm. 
talking to people about their relationships. And I think that that applies to this beautifully because if if you're looking at something that does greatly impact you and your your partner, your husband, your wife, your whatever it may be, your you know the person that you you're chosen to 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 have this life with, and even though it's something that you want so so much, but it could I think there has to be a piece that looks at how does this impact my partner and also how does this impact us as a couple. I mean, and it, if it's so extreme, then it's going to take a very unique um, communication style or, you know, a wider parameters or a different way of looking at things. But I think if it's meant to happen, it will. I mean, as far as if, if your goal is so aligned with with who you are, what you want, and it's not to the detriment of the person that you're with. I think that's an important piece to consider. I do too. And I think sometimes when you're creating a goal and your partner isn't on board, it can either be a tool to strengthen your relationship because it will open the doors to communication, or it can be an illuminating light that might lead to some changes that maybe you didn't want but might be for your highest good. There's a story, um, I believe it's Dr. Christian Northrup tells, where she was had written a best-selling book and was on the Oprah Winfrey show. And she came home from Chicago and interviewed, you know, can you imagine being interviewed on the Oprah Winfrey show? You would be on such a high, right? So well, she's scared to the death. Door, but... Well, yeah, but it was done. Like, she's done it. It was a success. <laughs> She flew into her home. She was so excited. And she said to her husband, I did it. I did it. I was on Oprah. It went well. And he was watching some, some show on TV and was like, that's great. What's for dinner? Oh. And she oh. said she knew her relationship was over in that moment because, you know, he just wasn't on board with her goals, wasn't excited for her, wasn't her champion. And that's the number one um thing that I have a good friend who's a therapist and she said the number one complaint she sees in couples therapy is that the one person will say I don't feel that my partner has my back Mm -hmm. and I think if you're trying to manifest a goal look there's a lot of legitimate reasons why a partner is not going to be on board with your goal and I think we've already addressed all of those but there can be some reasons that a partner is not going to support your goals that aren't really good and to be aware of that and to see that and to be able to face that with courage and strength can be very life transforming and the the other piece with that is and i i do and i say this all the time that i feel like we're entering a new we're, we're raising our vibration as a collective for a reason and part of that i truly believe in my heart is that we're moving into a new way of existing on this planet and and of being culturally and socially together as a species. I know that sounds a little too out there, but I really do believe that in the polarity and, well, that's a story for another day. But I think that exactly what you're talking about is sometimes if you've tried so hard to get the person that is supposedly they're your 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 lover, your partner, your the person who you're supposed to be a cohesive unit and they they keep undermining that you you do have to make a, a some pretty strong decisions within yourself of 
is it okay for me to release this and, and move forward in a different direction or is this something that I really need to follow through and do for myself? Exactly. And that can be scary, but I think a lot of good can come out of that. Because ultimately a positive relation or a, not a successful relationship is nothing more than two people saying yes to the same dream. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Did you, did you just come up with that? I did. You can take credit for that. <laughs> you crack me up. You, you are my best cheerleader. You're always like, that's so good to me. No, but the other thing, though, you know I love words. So, oh, mm-hmm. no, there's no, there's no BS with that. It's <laughs> very sweet. But really, and if, as, long, as soon as one person isn't seeing the goal, the dream, the same way as you are, it can be really, really hard. But uh-huh. I have seen people change each other in positive ways through that. I have a really good friend who married someone who can just squeeze every loving thing out of a nickel, as the expression goes. And it was really hard for her. And it was, you know, my, my partner never worried about money, never cared about money. That was lovely. I think it's lovely to be with someone who's like, you know, spend it. If you got to spend it, don't worry about it. But she was with someone who would count every dime and just worried about money constantly. And she had to just think and second guess every single purchase. And she really worked with him and got him to face some shadow stuff inside of him about <clears throat> excuse me, where this fear-based stuff came with money. And she started really slowly. She took his income. Let's say, I'll just make up a number. Let's say he made $10 a year. I can't do math well, so i got to keep it really low. <laughs> so she said, let's just see what it would be if we tried to increase your income this year by 20%. So at the end of the year, you'd make $12. And I think because she broke it down into those bite-sized pieces we were talking about, he was like, okay, let's try that. And so they talked about ways that he could do that through asking for a raise and putting in for a promotion and joining this group project. And by the end of that year, he had manifested 20% increase in his salary. And she said, let's just take that 20% and let's just put it in a worry fund. And not, and not touch it. doesn't go into the retirement. doesn't go into the, like a vacation savings. It just goes into a worry fund so that, you know, if the dishwasher breaks and the car breaks down, you know there's that worry fund. And every year she kept, like, increasing um, his goals in really small increments and putting money into that worry fund. And that was, like, I don't know, eight, nine years ago. And he's so much better with his money issues. So I do think that couples can surmount seemingly insurmountable obstacles, but both partners have to be each other's cheerleaders. And I think once a partner stops being your cheerleader, then it's time to have some serious discussions. And sometimes just creating goals with a partner can highlight that for you. Um, I also think if your partner is really new to this whole manifesting thing, you can start them off um, really, really in in small ways. Um, for example, I remember in one of my goal books, um, I I put down because you know <laughs> Mike wasn't super into manifesting. He was into you know you get what you work for. Mm-hmm. So I had to bring him on board slowly. So we both wanted to get um, a new dog. And we didn't want to, you know, what's it called, uh, adopt, don't shop. 
So yeah. I just wrote, I just took a picture of a dope because we we had always had Dobermans and we lost our precious Doberman. So I cut out a picture of a Doberman um, from one of my Earth Angel magazines, and I just wrote, "We easily and happily find a great dog to adopt." That was it. That was one of the things in my goal book. The other thing in my goal book was um, like, "We easily and happily afford a family vacation this year." That was like very simple things that I kind of knew we could manifest anyway. <laughs> Right. But just to kind of like show how how you do it and 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 how you work through a goal book and how you visualize it. So anyway, they I had cut out a picture of a Doberman from the Earth Angels magazine, and it was a story about this Doberman who, you know, came back from beyond to help their family. And so in the picture, the Doberman had a halo around his head. Mm-hmm. I didn't think anything of it because believe it or not, it's hard to find pictures of Dobermans in magazines. So when I saw that picture, I just cut it out. So anyway, I'm looking on um, this website for adopting dogs, and there's a Doberman up for adoption named Gretchen. And the organization that was sponsoring her adoption was called Halo, and it was an acronym. (laughs) And when I showed that to Mike and I showed him the picture that we had cut out of the Doberman with the halo around his head, I could see a little light bulb go off, and it was like, uh-huh. oh, maybe this does work. So do you know what I mean? Like, rather than taking giant goals if you're trying to get your partner on board, maybe think about taking a goal or two that you know you can – I mean, you know, how hard is it to adopt a needy dog, right? <laughs> right. Right. But to find one with that synchronicity, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, that was like such an added bonus. And I was like, look at that, this really does work. I just think it can be fun to try to do a goal book together as well. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say you had mentioned earlier about um, there's um, an online meditation or something on YouTube by Doreen Virtue oh, about... Yeah, I thank you. I did want to mention that. Doreen Virtue, it's free on YouTube. It's called Karma Releasing. And it's a meditation that guides you into releasing any vows you made in a past life that may be inhibiting your ability to manifest in this life. So she takes you through um, vows of poverty, vows of of chastity, um, all sorts of promises that you made in past lives that are not um, relevant to your current life now. It's like a 20-minute meditation. And I, I I have found it very, very helpful, especially since I did like three past life regressions with different people who all told me I was a nun at some point. (laughs) (laughs) But luckily, I I think I broke my my vow of poverty um, early on, and I think I did it through this manifesting work and through believing in um, worthiness. And I have to jump back because now I'm in my jumping topic things, but when you were talking about the the man who in the nickel and the – it, it, what popped in my head as well is about how money is so much about energy and energy is so much of what we're talking about with this manifesting. So, so that's a really easy thing to, to start to um, practice on is finances because finances and money are just energy. That's right. That's right. And if you break down your goal into something manageable like you were talking about earlier, just you know, getting out of debt um, is a yeah. really manageable goal that can be manifested, um, not easily, but can be manifested. And I'm glad you brought that up, and I know we only have a, a, like a minute or two left, but the 
the other piece was when you're doing something long-term that's not easy. And, and that, I'm going to pat myself on the back, that was a really very difficult stretch to do that. But in about halfway through or a couple times, I was not thrilled that, I, you know, I'd be, I'm going to be really blunt for a minute. So, you know, you're working your ass off and then you, you make some, some extra money. And it's like, okay, well, that has to go to the debt. That has to go to the debt. And it was, it's, if you're doing a long-term thing to manifest or something to improve your lifestyle or get you in a better place, hang in there because you're going to hit those dips and valleys where you get really excited, I'm making progress, and then you might plateau for a while. But just keep doing whatever you need to do to 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 give yourself a, a little boost or a nudge or find a cheerleader or, you know, don't don't give up before you get to the end goal because you will get there. That's such an important reminder as we close because the the universe is always going to test you, always. And it's going to test you, especially when you're trying to manifest for your highest good. And it tests you for several reasons. One, it wants to say, is this really, really what you want? And you have to be consistent and go for the long-term goal and say yes. But as you continue manifesting towards that goal, it's going to ask you that again. Is that is this really, really, really what you want? The other reason the universe tests you is because it's strengthening you. It's strengthening your belief in yourself. In yourself. It's strengthening your belief in your goal. It's strengthening your belief in the universe. And I, I know this is going to sound a little shallow, but I always compare manifesting to dieting. You know, like when you diet, like the first five pounds is kind of easy because you're all pumped up and, you know, mm-hmm. you maybe you have a friend on board who's exercising with you and, you know, and eating salads with you or what have you. And then you kind of plateau. There's always that plateau whenever you're trying to get healthy and you can't do, you're just like hitting your head against a wall. But if you push through that plateau, then you do hit your goal. I think manifesting is the same way. You always have that early success. Right, And then you plateau. I, I remember a friend, she watched The Secret with me for the first time when it came out, and we were both, like, fired up. And we started manifesting parking spaces, you know, as you do. And right. she liked that, that scene in that documentary where the guy said, I just started envisioning checks coming in. Remember that guy that, with the English yeah, accent? Yeah. I love Yeah. So she was like, I'm going to do that. She manifested three checks coming in out of nowhere. Like one wow. was from her accountant sending in a tax return. Like one was from her escrow. She had like overpaid on her escrow account. Like one was from like Kohl's, I think, like the department store sent a return. Anyway, she manifested like three checks, boom, boom, boom. And then she hit this huge plateau because after she manifested those checks, she had some unexpected expenses that came up. And she just kind of gave up on the whole thing. Oh, I think it's so important to take stock of those early successes that you have manifesting, whether it's with you or your partner or both, but be prepared and almost, well, not waiting because then you're kind of inviting the plateau, but just be cognizant that the plateau will come. And, just and that you'll get on the other side of it. Exactly. Just know that if you push through and keep your long-term goal, you will get on the other side of that. Because you got on the other side of your debt beautifully. Yes, and that is still surreal to me. It truly is. But it's also when you make, when you manifest something or you co-create or however you want to word this, 
and and I look at that was in part partnership with spirit. I really do. I didn't do that alone. I'm that, but but the piece being, it it really puts some wind in yourself. Okay, okay, well, what do I want to do next? Right, exactly. Like once you manifest something big, that is such an exciting and empowering piece because you can think, wow, well, if I did that, what else can I do? Right. And that can be exciting, too, when you're manifesting with a partner, because once your partner sees that you can manifest this, they will come on board. And then when you manifest with a partner, that's really exciting. You know, um, Deb, Joel, and I have done the Power of Three manifesting, where the three of us will work together to help each of us work on manifesting a goal. So you don't even have to manifest with a romantic partner. You can manifest with with a friend as well. And that's exciting. And I think there's a lot of power to that when other people are praying for you and cheering you on and visualizing your goal manifesting right along with you. That's beautiful. That is so beautiful that you did that for each other. Yeah, it was really fun. Because, you know, that's what we need in life and when we're manifesting is we need support. We need backup. Yeah. Well, we... um. I think we're out of time. Is there anything else you need to mention? No, I think we're good. Thank you. Okay. I hope we covered it all. Thank you guys so <laughs> much for tuning in. Um, we look forward to being back with you next week. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Enlightened Empaths. We will have information on there about signing up for our webinar in February on Manifesting Love. And look for some information coming to our webinar series on uh, the basics of beginning mediumship. We're really excited to bring that to you soon in the spring. In the meantime, we hope that you have a great week. Don't forget to show up, do great work, and share your light. Goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye.